the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And then the shortest verse in the Bible. And though it's short, it is very meaningful. Jesus wept. God wept. Why did he weep? I know many of you who are listening right now know the answer to that question. Those of you who don't will hear the answer in just a moment as Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno takes us once again into the book of John, this time the 11th chapter. You might grab your Bible and turn there if you'd like to follow along. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach broadcast heard daily here on this station from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And we join Pastor Layton mid-thought. The resurrection of the body is taught in the Old Testament. It's affirmed by the Pharisees, but not by the Sadducees. In fact, that Jesus would, always, would sometimes use that difference between them to get them to argue with each other. And it was taught by Jesus. And... Jesus challenged Martha to move beyond an abstract belief that somewhere in the future that her brother was going to come back to life when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, this is the fifth of seven I am statements that Jesus made in the scripture by which he claimed to be God. Do you remember When Moses was at the burning bush, God spoke to him and gave him an assignment to go to Egypt to be the deliverer of his people. And Moses said, who do I say sent me? And God said, tell them I am sent you. I am is the name that God gave himself. When Jesus makes these I am statements, he is claiming to be God. Now, his next two statements, he who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, are not redundant. They are separate, though related, truths. The one who believes in Jesus will live even if he dies physically, because Jesus will raise him again on the last day. And everyone who believes in him has eternal life. That means they will not remain dead eternally. It does not mean they won't die Lazarus was a believer, and he was dead. There have been millions of believers who have died since Jesus. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean die in the sense of an eternal death. And then Jesus challenged Martha with this question, Do you believe this? And it wasn't, he wasn't asking her if she believed that he could raise the brother. He was asking her if she believed that he alone was the source of resurrection power and eternal life. And Martha's affirmation of faith stands with the great confessions of faith that are recorded in the scriptures. She expresses her faith in her own words. She says, I believe 
or I have believed. And it indicates a faith that is given once, never to be brought back, never to return. It's a faith that is given and permanently remains. And she says, I believe that. And what she describes is not vague, but specific. And there's three points that she makes. First, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior that has been described in the Old Testament. Second, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he has such a special relationship with God the Father that it can only be described in family terms. They are so close, they're like father and son. And then thirdly, she speaks of Jesus as he who was to come into the world, indicating that he was out of the world and came into the world, which doesn't describe any of us. He was out of the world, he came into the world. Do you remember how John begins his gospel? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. So these three affirmations describe the person of Jesus Christ in the most loftiest of terms. Verse 28, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And so after she had affirmed her faith in Jesus Christ, she went away and she called her sister, and she tried to do so secretly. And she said, the teacher is here and calling for you. Now, she describes him as the teacher. And in the original language, there's a definitive article, not a teacher, but the teacher. And among his followers, Jesus was often described primarily by his teaching activities. They would oftentimes call him rabbi, which meant teacher. But he's the teacher. And it's important for us to recognize that this term is used by a woman. You see, rabbis refused to instruct women. But Jesus took a very different view. Jesus elevated respect for women. In fact, as an example, when Jesus went to evangelize the Samaritans, who did he choose? He chose a woman to be the first evangelist. And not just any woman, but a Samaritan woman. And not just any Samaritan woman, but a Samaritan woman of ill repute. And when his disciples returned from going to get some lunch, they were scandalized that their rabbi would be talking with a woman. Rabbis didn't do such things. But Jesus did. Jesus treated women with a degree of respect that was not typical 
of the societies in which he ministered. So Martha told Mary, perhaps hoping that she would have an opportunity for a private meeting with Jesus, perhaps trying to, maybe trying to keep the hostile Jewish, Jewish religious leaders and people away from him, but her attempt at privacy failed because they all followed Mary, thinking she was going to the tomb. And once again, God sovereignly orchestrated the circumstances to perfectly fit with his purposes, ensuring that this miracle would be witnessed by many, many people, including Jesus' enemies. When Mary saw Jesus, she, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The words are almost identical with those of Martha. So again, she's expressing a firm conviction that Jesus had the power over disease, over sickness, but there's no indication that there was a belief that he had the power over death or perhaps that didn't even occur to her either. Now the scene was filled with sorrow and pain. Not only was Mary weeping, but the Jews who came with her were also weeping. Everyone was weeping. Now, According to Jewish custom, even the poorest family at a funeral is required to hire two flute players and a professional wailing woman. But everybody was wailing. And that kind of indicates to us that this was a family that really was very much loved and respected in not only Bethany, but also Jerusalem. As Jesus observed this scene, it says that he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled Deeply moved. You know what that literally means? It means to snort like a horse. When a horse is snorting, the nostrils flare, and it snorts, that's a warning. Don't mess with a horse. It's an expression of, of anger and outrage and indignation. And then troubled? That describes an intense emotional reaction. It's it's the word that's used to describe the reaction of Herod when the Magi from the east came and said, where is he who was born king of the Jews? And they weren't talking about him. He was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And it was used to describe the terror in the disciples when they saw what they thought was a ghost walking on water that later they found out was Jesus. It was terror. Now, Jesus then asked him, where, where have you laid him? Intense emotion. Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. They addressed him respectfully as Lord. And then the shortest verse in the Bible. And though it's short, it is very meaningful. Jesus wept. God wept. Why did he weep? Well... He had already told the disciples that he was going to awaken Lazarus, that Lazarus was coming back to life. So that wasn't the reason why he was weeping. I think that he was weeping because he was experiencing the grief and the loss that we as humans experience when we lose a loved one. And that makes me stop and think that God, who created the universe would choose to leave heaven and come to earth 
and live among us as one of us to experience what we experience in life. The sorrows, the tragedies, the difficulties, the disappointments. That God would love us so very, very much. Jesus wept. Always teaching us, always an example of how we should handle, well, everything in life, including our emotions. That was Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's in the midst of a study in the book of John. We've been in this study for a number of weeks now, maybe months, and we'll continue on to the end of the book. We're about halfway through, and if you'd like to listen to any of the past broadcasts, or if you miss any in the future, you can always find them on our website at highlands.us. That's the website for the church, Church of the Highlands. Pastor Leighton Sheely is the senior pastor there, and details about the service times and all of the other ministry activities at the church can be found right there on that website. If you're looking for a home church, For you and your family, I encourage you to check out Church of the Highlands. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God to the book of John and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.